0: Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we concluded our look at Prosecutor Thomas Binger's direct examination of Rittenhouse associate, Ryan Balch. In this episode, we continue our exploration of Balch's testimony with defense attorney Mark Richards' cross-examination. We also review the impact of Balch's testimony on each side's case. That's all coming up right after the break. This
1: podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique. And your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony.
0: Sign up today. We pick up the testimony of Ryan Balch with defense attorney Mark Richards rising to question the witness. Richards begins by focusing on Balch's initial assessment that Rosenbaum's bag contained the materials to make a Molotov cocktail.
2: That evening, while you were out on patrol with my client Kyle Rittenhouse, you're armed, he's armed? This is correct. And you went by law enforcement on numerous occasions? Yes. Did anybody ever tell you You can't be out there with these weapons. No. Did anybody ever question you or him about your age? No. You were interviewed several days after this by the FBI, correct? Correct. And they specifically asked you about that bag, correct? Correct. And reading from the report, you told them you examined the bag quickly and observed an ammonia mixture and a small bleach bottle correct
3: correct is that
2: what you observed
3: that's what i thought i'd observed at the time by by smell uh i didn't check the smell
2: what made you think it was ammonia
3: um because of what we'd been hit with earlier in the night and when the bomb had been hit
2: earlier in the night mr rosenbaum was there with that bag correct yes
0: Richards then pivots to contrasting the use of aliases by Balch and others to his client's apparent openness about his identity.
2: You testified that when you were all through that evening at the end, you didn't have your block, correct? Correct. You had borrowed it to Nick Smith? He told me his
3: name was Nathan, but oh, yes. Okay.
2: So you were using a pseudonym, false name? Correct. Nathan was using a false name? Yes. Did he give you a false name, or did he say Kyle Rittenhouse?
3: I'm pointing to my client. I don't remember if he gave me a pseudonym or not. He went by Kyle most of the night when he was talking to me. Kyle. yeah.
0: The defense attorney then follows up on Balch's testimony about Joseph Rosenbaum's associates on the night in question.
2: You refer to a man and a woman who you always saw with Rosenbaum, correct? Correct. Can you describe that
3: man? Uh, he was tall, scraggly looking with a beard. Okay. He had like camo shorts on too, I think. Okay, do you remember anything about the top? I can't remember the color of the top, specifically. Do you remember anything specifically about the woman? Um, she had a black backpack on. She was a little heavy set, maybe. Do you remember anything about her hair? Um, I think it was dyed a bright color, maybe.
2: Okay. I'll show you a picture, see if you recognize these individuals. Do you recognize anybody in that picture?
3: Um, the female with the red hair, the one that was accompanying Rosenbaum, and the other male.
2: Okay. The other male is not in the picture completely, correct? Correct. But that is the individual who is with Mr. Rosenbaum. Do you notice anything in his hand?
3: He's got the handgun in his hand.
2: And you might not be able to tell, but with this bar right here, does that tell you where that was?
3: That's at the ultimate gas station.
0: Richards next follows up on Balch's testimony regarding threatening statements made and aggressive behavior demonstrated by Joseph Rosenbaum.
2: You and my client were present when Mr. Rosenbaum threatened you and Kyle, correct? Correct. And he specifically said if he got either of you alone, he would expletive kill you. That's correct. Any doubt about that? No doubt about that. told the FBI that? Yes. And that was right after, um... I'm going to get his name wrong, Dustin had put out dumpster fire? Correct. It was about 20 to 30 minutes before we headed
3: south and the shooting started.
2: And Mr. Binger asked you some questions about did he try to attack you
3: at that time? How many guys were there? There were about four or five armed men in front of him.
2: Okay. And there's some other armed men on the roof? Correct. That were upsetting him because he... He seemed to
3: not appreciate armed men.
2: Okay. And you specifically referred to him and I wrote the words down. He was a hyper aggressive individual, correct? That is
3: correct. Tell me what that means to you. Um, every encounter I saw him have with someone was extremely aggressive. You saw him lighting fires, lighting fires, getting in people's faces, um, protesters and armed individuals were having to get between him and other people to stop fights from happening. Did you see him tip over the porta potty? potty um, I didn't witness that. Okay.
2: Did you see him take rocks out of the St. James rock pile? Uh, he got the rocks he was throwing from somewhere. Okay. Did you see him involved in taking the trailer out of St. James, taking it down the road and starting it on fire?
3: I didn't witness that event. I have nothing further. Thank you, sir. No, no problem.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Prosecutor Thomas Binger's redirect seems to try to impeach Balch as a witness based on two parts of his FBI statement his mistaken impression regarding the contents of Joseph Rosenbaum's bag and his failure to mention individuals fitting the description of the zaminskys in that statement
1: you testified you gave a statement to the FBI correct that was uh, dated August 28th of 2020 was this correct right to you yes that sounds correct three days after this incident that is correct when you spoke to the FBI, what was your intent?
3: Um, well, I really didn't have any intentions of speaking to the FBI. They just showed up at the house. Um, mm-hmm. I gave them what information I could remember and what I could make sense of. They were very clear with me to only give them the information that I was
1: 100% sure about. Did you withhold any information from them? No. Did you, uh, tell them the truth? Yes. Were events in your mind clearer three days after the incident than they might be now? Um, even then, it was the whole situation was kind of a big
3: jumble, of, and I was trying to put timelines together. So I had told
1: them explicitly that my timelines are going to be a little off. I understand that, but do you think your memory of what happened on the night of August 25th was better? three days later than it is 14 months later? It would be, yes. When you spoke to the FBI, did they identify themselves as the FBI? Yes. Did you know you were speaking to law enforcement officials? Yes. Did you understand that if you didn't tell them the truth that that could get you in trouble? Yes. And you wanted to be completely honest with them? Yes. Did you understand that they were asking you questions about a homicide? Yes did you understand that it would be helpful to give them as much information as possible about what happened here? Yes. Was that what you wanted to do? Yes. Did you want to cooperate with them? Yes. Did you want to tell them everything that you knew about what happened? Yes. In your statement, you say, and I'm going to quote, Balch stated that this eventual victim, who's Joseph Rosenbaum, was carrying a hospital-style bag with chemicals to make Molotov cocktails. You then say later on that you... This is on page four. Balch examined the bag quickly and observed an ammonium mixture and a small bleach bottle. First of all, is that, am I reading your statement to the FBI correctly? You are. None of that is true, is it? It doesn't appear to be, no. Nowhere in this statement to the FBI did you mention any tall guy with a scraggly beard or a shorter woman with colored hair, correct? Correct. Correct.
0: On recross, Richards asks just a couple of questions to rehabilitate the state's witness.
3: Are you lying under oath today? No, they just never ask those questions. Correct me if
2: I'm wrong, but when the FBI talks to you, they don't write out a statement for you, let you review it for accuracy and completeness, do they? No. They just ask you questions. They show up to your house unannounced. You answer the questions. They leave, and they write down what they think is important.
3: That is correct.
2: I have
0: nothing further. In these last few moments of this episode, and in advance of our weekly recap, I would like to offer a brief assessment of the impact of Ryan Balch's testimony on this trial. First, Balch came off, in my view, as a thoughtful and reasonable witness. It was only towards the very end of Binger's direct examination that the prosecutor began to elicit responses from Balch that might show that the witness had been less than candid in the aftermath of the shootings, and Binger's purpose in eliciting those facts was never entirely clear. In fact, Binger spent a good deal of time building the witness up as an experienced, responsible contrast to Kyle Rittenhouse's hot-headed, youthful demeanor on that evening, particularly when Balch stated that he was not planning to use his rifle to protect the car source property, and when he said that he was looking after Rittenhouse and warned the defendant not to provoke arguments. While Binger succeeded in establishing that Balch felt Rittenhouse was young and impressionable, there was only a bit of testimony that supported the assertion that the defendant was acting recklessly, and it might have served Binger better if he spent more time on that area of the questioning. Binger also appeared to meander through his questioning about the events of that night, and spent a lot of time simply establishing that Balch was disoriented regarding what direction he was walking during the moments during and immediately after the shootings. These questions, in my view, did nothing to impeach the credibility of the witness, if that was Binger's intent, and simply reinforced how chaotic the environment of downtown Kenosha was on August 25, 2020. Moreover, much of the testimony elicited by Binger from Balch deepened the impression created by Richie McGinnis that Joseph Rosenbaum and Joshua and Kelly Zeminski were menacing, hyper-aggressive rioters on the evening of the shooting. Balch's testimony in this regard was made all the more credible by the fact that he did not even know the Zaminsky's names. Finally, Binger made much of Balch's mistaken statement to the FBI that he believed that Joseph Rosenbaum's bag contained materials to make Molotov cocktails. However, Balch admitted to the error on the stand and came across as credible when he said that he had seen containers and bags used for those purposes throughout the evening and, given Rosenbaum's aggressiveness, genuinely believed that the contents of the bag was intended for those purposes. By contrast, Mark Richards was very targeted in his cross. He zeroed in on the genuineness of Balch's mistaken statements, including his impression that Rosenbaum's bag contained the elements of a Molotov cocktail, the relatively benign actions of his client, and the hyper-aggressive, agitating behavior of Joseph Rosenbaum and the Zeminskys. And with that, we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us in our next episode for our weekly recap as my guest once again is Professor of Law and Director of the Criminal Defense and Prisoner Advocacy Clinic at Georgetown University, Abby Smith.
3: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch,
3: grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
0: You can find more information about this trial at our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Tarricone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Tarricone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.